Brian May, You Woo Me. This song is gorgeous. I love it. I love this number. It is fabulous. It is one of those shining moments from Brian that is so poetic and lush and pretty. Brian, I mean, now I'm here. You can't get much more hard rock than now I'm here. And this just happened a few tracks ago. And here we are on this next Queen Deep dive. Dive number 33, track number 12. We are nearly at the end of Sheer Heart Attack, Queen's second album to come out in 1974 after the marvelous Queen 2. This is She Makes Me Stormtroopers in Stilettos. Yeah, probably one of the most interesting titles from the guys and a song that isn't often talked about at all. I had to dig pretty deep to find sentiment from fans, opinions, ideas, thoughts around this number. And it's gorgeous. I love this song. I've loved it since the first moment I heard it. I love the vocals in it, the harmonies. It's so entrancing. And yeah, I kind of, it's a sexy song coming from Brian. I like it. I like this number, but there's a lot more here than meets the ear at first listen. So this was written in 1974, and it is a folk rock ballad. Yes, folk. Full-on folk here. This is much more relaxed, subdued, a little bit dark even, and very slow. 77 beats per minute, and you feel it here. You know how some of the other songs, they're quite slow, or maybe even very fast, but the tempo feels almost irrelevant within the context of the song because of the way the beats, the melodies, everything is constructed. But here, we're at 77 beats per minute and you feel it like this weight. Four, four time signature, A major key, simple, simple structure here. But there's a lot of depth. This is about, I would say, addiction to a certain extent, destructive love. We're not talking about substance addiction, maybe. I've seen that speculated within the fan base, actually. But for me, this is about the addiction to love. A man who is in love with a woman who's cruel and uncaring for him. But despite that reality, he can't leave her. This makes me wonder about the title of this song and its meaning. She makes me. Stormtroopers in Stilettos. Let's focus on the first part of it because Stormtroopers in Stilettos is actually a subtitle. It's in parentheses. So really, the title is She Makes Me. What does that mean? These lyrics here, she makes me need. She is my love. That sounds enrapturing, doesn't it? It sounds sweet. It's almost like, wow, she makes me, she lights me up. She makes me, you know? She completes me. But the flip side of this, the more you listen to it, the more you dig into these lyrics, is that she makes me, ah, 
makes me miserable, maybe. Yes, that is a stark contrast against something tender and touching. But I think that's the point. There's a lot of mixed messaging here that you can take in a lot of different ways. Perhaps this is a story of sorts, but perhaps this is just a man lamenting this loss of something that was once so beautiful. That's how I take it. Reminiscent of Brian's previous tracks from Queen 2, Someday, One Day. I think it's the acoustic guitars that take me there. And with sentimental echoes of White Queen as it began, which was so longing and dramatic, I even hear a little bit of father to son in this number. There are elements in father to son where Despite how loud and aggressive and fast and furious a lot of the electric guitar is in that song. I mean, that song is a monster of a track, but it has these soft reflective moments, particularly in those rich, layered, bell-like harmony vocals. Right before that lengthy, wonderful outro, that father to father to father to son, that part, it reminds me of this. And that's probably why I love this song so much, because of course, that's a Brian May composition too. So all these elements that Brian is so good at doing in a song are really, really well consolidated and put to great use here. Just fantastic sounds and atmosphere. It's soothing and vocally soaring, this song, that always makes me feel so warm and happy. Yes, Brian, you tease. This is so luscious, but it's not what it appears. This pulsing, brooding, entrancing thing is melodic and dreamlike, rich and psychedelic, despite the tension and darkness in those lyrics. John plays acoustic guitar and pedal bass makes an appearance in the outro here. And John's acoustic guitar is very different than Brian's in comparison. I've mentioned before how John is so precise. His precision as a bassist and a guitarist is immediately obvious. And this is no exception. Yes, he is strumming the guitar, but there's something about it that makes it obviously distinct from Brian's acoustic guitar playing. This is such a unique song that surprisingly has no sign of a guitar solo. This is very, very interesting. It's a Brian song. He wrote this thing. Freddie's not even here. (laughs) Anything that I can see, he's not here in any form. So why is there not a melodic guitar solo here? There's only this wall of distinctive chords supported by the weighty acoustic guitar. It's just very fascinating to me and perhaps offers a glimpse into that mindset that Brian was in as he wrote this. It was very melancholy. So we're kind of lumbering along in this daze, as it were. The drumbeat is a stark contrast, even, against the shuffling and busy arrangements of previous numbers. First-time listeners would probably never guess this is even a Queen song because it lacks so many established motifs and habits the guys often employed, even at this early stage in their career. 
she makes me is weird, dark, obsessive, and a massive departure for Queen. And it's lovely. I love it. This feels so experimental to me. This minimal production, minimal arrangements, very detached kind of delivery we get in the vocals here. Yes, there's a lot of passion as well. There's this defeated feeling. Maybe detached is the wrong word. It's more kind of this defeated feeling. Very complex, and I find it very human. That's why I love Brian's writing. He goes there. He always explores those emotions with such transparency and a genuine response. It's beautiful. This is another beauty that never saw the light of day on a stage, and perhaps for good reason. Brian's on lead vocals here, all the lead vocals, and the harmony vocals as well. He seldom sang lead live. But oh, how I would have loved to have heard this on a stage, even a minimal arrangement of it. It would have been great to see John play acoustic guitar. We don't need bass in there. We really don't. We could have had a very simple arrangement live, acoustic guitar, maybe some piano even, with or without drums. If Brian sang lead on this, I think I would have dug it. My brain always goes there. I always imagine these performances of these songs that we never got to hear on a stage. And this would have been a great one, I think. It would have been a nice turn of style. It would have been a little break from the raucous rock and roll, which yes, we love it. But this kind of thing is something that surprises. It's compelling. It's interesting. And it gets people talking. Freddie once described this number as Brian's main song on the album and talked about how good he thought it was. I think that speaks volumes because we know Freddie has this wonderful love for writing songs that are also quite touching and explore these delicate, vulnerable human emotions like Lily of the Valley. So Freddie goes there a lot. He'll go there more as we get into more Queen Deep Dives later. So I think there's this wonderful understanding that Freddie had of this kind of expression from Brian, and that's why he loved it so much. I just find that interesting, that out of all of Brian's compositions on Sheer Heart Attack, this is the one that Freddie said is the best from Brian, because it's so unique. We're not going to get this again. Even from Brian, this song is a little bit like a trance, a dreamlike state. It's psychedelic in a way. It's experimental. This is not queen. But yet it is, of course. There are trademark elements here. It's so much more subtle though. And I think that's what throws people off because some fans have commented that they hate, I'm using the word hate, they hate this song that it almost ruins the rest of the album, that it's slow pace and dark atmosphere is awful. Those are comments I pulled directly from forums. Some people just don't like this, period, because it doesn't sound like classic Queen numbers, especially the ones we know so well, the greatest hits. But I quite like this shift in the mood. A lot of Queen songs are celebratory and happy. And even though I love Queen for that very reason, This is a welcome change. Brian does impassioned vocals and forlorn very well. And I get it. I think that's why I love this because I can relate to this so much. But on the flip side 
other fans and listeners commend Brian's emotion and the atmosphere of this number, enjoying the melodic arrangement and the soulfulness that Brian never fails to deliver. Some interesting things about the development of this song, we have no Freddie. There is no Freddie in sight here, which seems very abnormal to a lot of Queen fans, especially if they still think of Freddie as the core of Queen. But Brian takes the lead vocally, as well as providing all those harmony vocals, and I love it. I recall a comment that Roger made about the stomping drumbeat and how it sounded, hence the subtitle in the parentheses, Stormtroopers in Stilettos. Let's talk about that subtitle a little bit. I think it's a great subtitle, by the way. It's It just brings to mind aggressive and assertive imagery, right? But let's talk about the word stormtrooper. This isn't just a Star Wars thing. Stormtroopers were specialist soldiers, notably of the German army, before they were a well-known character and a popular Halloween costume from Star Wars, the franchise. Several years before, to use this subtitle, Stormtroopers in Stilettos makes you realize very quickly what this song is really about and and what I pull from it myself, that this woman is unrelenting, perhaps selfish, all in for herself, taking and giving nothing back. She's gorgeous and stunning, but she will kill you. That reminds me of the Enigma song, I love you, I'll kill you. (laughs) Same sort of sentiment. And again, I totally understand this and I think a lot of us do. That's where I think this song is coming from. Supposedly, Brian recorded ambient city sounds for this while he was in the hospital recovering after he had hepatitis and then he had to have surgery for his stomach ulcer. Poor guy. I still feel so bad for him. Yes, I know that's that's long gone. He recovered all is well, but I just, I can only imagine what he felt like to think that Gosh, I've been through so much of this. I don't think the guys are going to wait for me anymore. I think they're just going to dump me and pick up another guitarist and run with it. Good thing they didn't. And by all accounts, they never even thought about that. They just waited for him to get better. And that's so reassuring as a fan to know that they cared enough about each other on a personal level to wait for him to get better. And Brian worked on this song and Dear Friends independently at... Air Studios before he joined the band again in August of 1974 to finish up production for the album. I could go on and on about the beauty of this song and how it stays with me despite all of these other gorgeous songs I love from the guys and the enthusiasm I have for their rock and roll numbers. Something about this is special. Brian has a way of delicately and sincerely expressing that emotion, and she makes me, is no exception. At first listen, with a glance at those lyrics, this appears to be a sweet ode to a loved one. Remember, we have those lyrics. She is my heart. She is my love. This is what reels me in. That's why I say, wow, Brian, you win me over. You're wooing me. This is fantastic. It's warm. It's lush. It's tender. It's expressive. It's sensitive. But it quickly becomes clear 
between the heavy weight of the drums that lumber along, the melancholy strummed acoustics from John, and the absence of any notable electric guitar, there isn't much love here. Or if there is, it's one-sided, desperate, and mourning. Brian usually sprinkles silver linings in his writing, but there isn't much brightness to note in this song. But somehow I love it all the more because of this. You feel for him. I so appreciate Brian's tone and emotional transparency. It's the same reason I adore songs like White Queen. Lyrically, she makes me echoes that number of hanging on to something or reaching for something, anything. But you know you need to let go. Musically, this song reflects the sadness with the guitars that sound as though they're trying to find some brightness or energy. It's dreamy, but dark. Brian's double-tracked lead vocals create this sense of really trying and urgency. And that section in the second verse with the gorgeous chord transition and Brian's rich harmonies, his falsetto, I love that moment. I wish that moment happened more than once, but that's what makes it so rare and so gorgeous. And with a looser moving bass line from John, there's a brilliant clash of a guitar chord that stuns and it's a beautiful effect. It's like a sudden flash of lightning in a calm rainstorm, awakening to the reality that though the narrator tries to retain peace and love and calm, things are just falling apart. The suspension of the dissonance in the outro too, between the bass note and the acoustic guitars that persist and persist, it just doesn't resolve. Surrounded by the sounds of the madness in the city with the sirens and Brian's heavy and worn breaths in and out, the low tom rolls all over the place. Tom rolls aplenty, a nice touch that results in this majestic and tragic ending. This is one of Queen's oddest, and yes, I would say one of their more experimental tracks, even though it's not nearly as busy as previous numbers. And I love the sentiment because I can relate to it. I love this song. I listened to it again before I just did this deep dive and I could go back again and again. And it just surprises me that we have such diversity coming from these guys that love to pack a punch and overproduce and layers upon layers of sound. And here we are with a simple structure of a drum beat, some symbols, but nothing that's particularly impressive, really, except for maybe that tom roll at the end. The acoustic guitars, the bass that's a pretty square form, except for that lovely little bridge part that's a little bit more free. This is very straightforward as far as melodies go. There's some surprising changes in chords, some accidentals that are very heart-wrenching, I suppose. I guess at the end of the day, I just love the results of the simplicity of this song and how Brian can put so much emotion into that simplicity. That's what I admire about it. That's why I love it. She makes me stormtroopers in stilettos. Check it out. You're probably going to sit there the whole time you hear this song for the first time and just go, wait, what? It's always nice to hear Brian on lead though. I love hearing Brian and Roger on lead sometimes. It's a great contrast against Freddie's clear, strong voice. And it just adds another facet of expression because the guys are all unique. 
in that expression. They all do things a little bit differently, but somehow it comes together to create this incredible force of music nature, as it were. And I love it. Drop me a line. Leave me a message. Tell me what you think. Were you surprised? Do you hate it? You can be honest with me. It's okay. We all have our thoughts and our feelings, and there are going to be some songs by Queen in the future. And I'm going to be straight up with you and say, you know, I don't care for this one as much because they do exist. (laughs) I appreciate everything the guys have done, but there are moments that just, I can't connect with them. And I'll be honest about it. And I'll let you know which ones those are. In the meantime, keep yourselves alive. Have a fantastic day, evening, weekend, whatever you're looking forward to. And I hope the sun is shining down on you. So cling to the good moments, just as Brian is trying to do as the narrator in this warm and detached track. It's an interesting emotion. It actually reminds me of Dido's Stoned, which I think I talked about, didn't I? Yeah, I did. (laughs) I have such a horrible memory. I did a random deep dive about Dido's Stoned. You should check that out. It's a very, very similar emotion. And I love that song for the exact same reason when it comes to the emotion. But anyway, I'm going to close this out. Thanks for tuning in and I'll be back again.